right, give yourselves a hand. You got out of bed this morning. Come on, you got out of bed today. I'm proud of you for getting out of bed this morning. Thank you so much for doing that and not just getting out of bed, uh, but coming and enjoying uh, our presence with us today. That was really cocky and saying it that way. I apologize. But uh, thank you so much for being with us. We are um, so delighted to have you. Uh, I hope that you never uh, take it uh, lightly that we celebrate you. Like that's like this is I said it uh, in my opener uh, this morning that we this is for God and it's for you. And uh, I I just hope that you uh, enjoy being here as much as we enjoy having you. this morning, I'm, I'm super pumped because I get to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that God put on my heart, uh, and, and really, he put, on, he put it on my heart years ago, but it's something that he's allowing me to talk to you about today, and I'm super excited for that. But before we do, I want to, uh, first of all, say, um, if you're visiting with us, or if you're, you've been here for a little, for a while, and you just don't have a Bible, um, we were given some Bibles uh, a few months ago, and um, because they were given to us, we just want to give them away. And so if you don't have a Bible this morning and you would like a Bible, just raise your hand, and we've got some people that are going to make their way up the aisle, and they'll give you a Bible. So guys, if you just uh, just raise your hand, um, it doesn't cost you anything but the shame of raising your hand, and there's no shame in raising your hand around here, right? Yeah? I went to a conference two weeks ago. And there was this, this guy that spoke, and every time he would, like, get to start preaching, he'd go, Woo! And it was just, it was so funny. Like, I said to my wife, I said, I hope he preaches like that all the time, because that was so funny. Like, it was, anyway. So, um, I, I want you guys to uh, just raise your hand, and, and, and if not, then we'll continue to hold on to those Bibles. We'll give them away until they are gone. Um, a church in Alabama gave those to us, I mean, Dawson Family of Faith, and so their logo is on the front of that Bible. They apologized to us when they gave them to us. They said, I'm sorry, uh, they have our logo on them, and I said, that's fine. We want them there so that we can honor you for giving them to us. So uh, thank you guys so much uh, for uh, being willing to pass out those Bibles. I think we're, we're good. So um, also, if you want to follow along with our, our sermon this morning, the notes should be able to be followed on Uversion, uh, the Uversion Bible app on your cell phone. All the notes are there. I put them in there um, earlier this morning, and I hit go live with them. And for some reason, every time I hit go live, it puts them live next week. And I'm I'm wrestling with Uversion. I'm about to call them and say, "Hey, you need to get your stuff together because this is not happening. This is not working." Is it there? Yeah, it's there this morning. So it's so weird. Like, it won't be there, and then it'll be there, and then it won't be there. So it's there. So get on your Uversion Bible app. Go into the events portion. And when you go into the events, events portion, it's really cool. If you have on your location setting in your phone, it tells you where you are. And it brings up our notes based on knowing that you are at Wyndham High School. It's pretty, pretty sweet technology there. Um, but as we get into this message... I, I want to share with you a little bit about kind of our, our speaking schedule for this month because it's really kind of funky uh, this month because last last week we wrapped up a series called The Counselor. Did you enjoy that series? Was that good? You can clap for it if you did. Um, 
if you weren't here and you're going, I wouldn't clap because I, I wasn't here for that. That's fine. We miss you. But um, you can follow that. You can, you can go into the iTunes uh, podcast, hit subscribe to our podcast, and every sermon uh, that we have here at The Refuge will be on that podcast. So um, you, can, you can download it on iTunes, or you can just go to our website. If, if uh, iTunes isn't for you, then uh, go to our website, and you can listen to our messages from there. So um, because we ended a series last week, normally this week I would be kicking off a new series. Uh, only next week we have a really attractive speaker um, that is speaking for you. Um, she is really, really pretty, so pretty that I married her. Uh, the, the mama of the house is going to be speaking for you next Sunday, and it's going to be um, it's going to be great. So uh, I, I, I get emotional just thinking about how great it's going to get. It's going to be incredible. And um, then we have a week where I'll be speaking on something that um, I know what I'm speaking on, but um, I don't want to let it out of the bag yet because it's going to be another freestyle message kind of like this morning. And then the following week, we've got a friend of mine that's going to be here that's a missionary to Australia named Ian Richards. And, um, and so we've got kind of a speaking, guest speaker, speaking, guest speaker. And because of that, it's hard to get a series started. So I'm not starting a new series today. I'm doing something that I call freestyle preaching. And um, it's not because I haven't prepared something. That's not what it is. It's because um, I didn't plan this way back in September when I sat down with my preaching calendar and said, this is what I'm going to speak on here. This is what I'm going to speak on here. So this is one that God just was able to speak to me, and I was able to write, and I was able to say, all right, God, do your thing. So God's going to do his thing this morning, right? You guys ready for that? Are you guys ready for that? I hope you're ready for that. I hope you're awake. I hope you're awake. I hope you're ready. I hope you are alert. I hope you are ready to receive what God has for you because today I get to speak to you about something I'm so passionate about, and that is the church. The church. Today's big idea um, answers some of the questions that we had in our in our video uh, that I just I, I absolutely love this morning's bumper is what we call those 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 videos that we play before I come out and speak. And one of the questions that that they asked is, why would God invite us to participate in the glorious work of serving the world? Why would God allow us to participate in the glorious work of saving the world? I believe that this morning's big idea answers that question. And this morning's big idea for the whole sermon is this, and that is that God has given the church the power to change the world. Now, some of you may say, Pastor Adam, that doesn't really answer that question. The question was, why would God allow us, why would God invite us to participate in the glorious work of saving the world? And you're telling me that the answer is because God has given the church the power to change the world. I hope that by the end of today, that answer will make sense. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. For your word, Lord, thank you for your spirit. God, thank you that you show up 
using both of those things. Lord, you use your word to speak to our hearts. You use your presence to fill our hearts. And Lord, I believe you use your church to fulfill our hearts. So God, this morning I pray that you would speak to us about your beautiful bride. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, uh, while I was in college, uh, I ended my fourth year of college, and I had six credits to finish or so. That made me a super senior. I was always above average. Like, the average person takes four years to get through college. I took five. Like, always above average, but like in the situation. Um, while I was in that fifth year, the fifth year that I had, it, it, it didn't last the full year because it was only six credits. And uh, I know some people that still have six credits to finish college, so hey. And um, when I was in that fifth year, I, I just, it was a special year. It was an extremely special year. I, I always call the fifth year of my college the year I fell in love, twice. I fell in love with my wife. Uh, in my fifth year of college, um, I was a fifth-year senior. She was a freshman. Come on, somebody, rob me back cradle. And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because her mo- her dad was okay with that. As long as her dad was okay with that, I'm good. And um, and so uh, during that fifth-year college, I fell in love with my wife. But then I also fell in love with the church because I took my favorite class in all of college, known as ecclesiology. Ecclesiology, which is the study of the church. And um, during that class, I, I heard a metaphor that I've never forgotten. And, and here's, here's what it said. It said, so a body is a physical representation of a person. When you look at my body, you see my body which is a physical representation of me. I'm sorry, this is all you get. It's what God gave me. I'm working on it, but this is it. Like, this is my representation. But you do not see Adam Harold. You cannot see who I am based on my body. You can only see a representation of who I am. When you think about Adam Harold, you think about this. You're welcome. And the metaphor goes on, and it says that if a body is a physical representation of who someone is, and the church is known as the body of Christ, then what that means is that the church is the physical representation of Jesus to the world today. When Jesus died, he went to be with God. His body is no longer here. He was resurrected. But he is very much alive. Come on, somebody. That's good. I'm fired up today. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm fired up today. So when Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven, he left the church to represent him to the world today. And like Cupid's arrow shot straight to my heart. I fell in love with the church. Because I saw 
a picture of what it is supposed to be. I saw why God loves the church so much. I saw why I should be involved in the church. I saw so much about the church that it just made sense. Finally, finally church makes sense when we look at it as a physical representation of who Jesus is to the world today. Our souls are never more alive than when we are doing what we are made to do. Making Jesus known to the world. The way that we do that, the way that we make Jesus known to the world is through his body. So today's message, there is some scripture that goes along with it. It's found in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be all over the book of Ephesians today. We're going to begin in chapter 1, verse 22 through 23. You can follow along in your version app, or you can follow along on the screen behind me. And it says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. Say body. Church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere by himself. Now, before we go further into this message, we have to answer this question about the church. And the question that we have to answer is we have to define it. What is the church? And in order for us to answer that question, we have to dig a little bit deeper into the original language and the original uh, word for church in the New Testament. Do you remember the name of that class that I took in, in college and in my fifth year? What was the name of it? It was Ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is known as the study of the church because it's taken from that original Greek word for church, and the word is ecclesia. Ecclesia. And what ecclesia means in, in, the original, in, in our language, in English, is ecclesia is translated as being a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place of assembly. The church is a gathering of people. Therefore, a church is not a building. That's why we're able to meet in Wyndham High School. Because we are a church that meets in Wyndham High School. The church isn't a building that you go to. I hope that, like, I understand the desire for a building. Trust me. I understand the desire for a building. But ladies and gentlemen, we could do this until Jesus comes back without a building. Because you are the church. We are the church together. I told you I'm tired out. I want you to see from the very beginning of the message is that this, the church is not a building. The church is a body of believers in Jesus. People that come together, that work together to form his body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul talks about the body and he talks about how we all make up different parts of the body. Some are the hands, some are the feet, 
some of the eyes, some of the nose. Like we all come together to form a body together. We all move together. That's why we have to be together. And it gets even more beautiful than just the body of Christ being the physical representation of Jesus. Because check this out. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 31. I'm going to read these six verses for you. And it gets even more gorgeous. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave himself, he gave him up his life for her, verse 26, to make her holy and clean and washed by cleansing of, of God's word. He did this to present her to himself, a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. I cannot wait for the day that the church is without fault. Verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we as members of his body, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and are united into one. This is the great mystery, but is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. I've heard it said before. I love Jesus, but I just don't like that organized religion stuff. When you start talking about the church, that's where you lose me. I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. According to what I just read, that is impossible. Because it says Jesus loves the church. And if I love Jesus, I will love the things that he loves. If I love Jesus, I will love his body and his blood. You see, the Bible calls the church the body of Christ, which we've already talked about. But it also calls the church the the bride of Christ. And for the longest time, that used to confuse me. Which one is it? Is it the body or the bride? Is, is, it, is it his body or his bride? Because they, they seem different to me. Do they? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, that we just read, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own body. So yes, the church can be the bride and can be the body because the two go together. And we, when we start to talk about marriage and being one flesh, the two come together. And so when I look at the church, I not only fall in love with Jesus, but I fall in love with my wife. I fall in love with my marriage. Because the two go together. That's why marriage is so important that we get right. Because it's a picture of Jesus and his church. Not about loving human beings and loving each other. Marriage isn't about love. Marriage is about Jesus. And it's about the church. And 
when I fall in love with my wife and we become one flesh, we love each other. That's all I'm going to say about that. And so Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 explains to us that they, the two, the body and the bride, go together. The church is God's plan A. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you this morning that there ain't no plan B. There's no plan B. This is it. This is all we got. The answer is the church because it's God's plan. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. It says, and this is God's plan, both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body. Say body. And both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Ladies and gentlemen, Jews and Gentiles, two different nationalities, two different groups of people that are so different from each other. They have different beliefs. They had different, different, they were different nationalities. They were from different parts of the earth. And here God is saying, this is God's plan that two groups of people that are furthest, that are so far apart that they come together to be a part of the body. That's why we must come together. I believe that the church should be diverse, that the church should be filled with every nation, that the church should come together and that the church cannot be racist because we must come together because that is God's plan. And if these verses don't illustrate how much our world needs Jesus today, then I don't know what does. But they also illustrate the work that the church has to do. The church must exist in order to tear down the walls to bring people together, in order to serve God together. Our souls are never more alive than when we do what we were made to do in making him known to the world around us. So how do we do that? How do we come together? In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, I think it helps us out a little bit. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave the church. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers... The responsibility is to equip people, uh, equip God's people to do work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be measure, uh, mature, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. 
He makes the whole body fit together. Say fit together. Perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. It helps the whole body is healthy. It sees that so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The part we must play is fitting together, working together in unity to see that the world knows Jesus. That is our mission. That is our goal. In John chapter 17, we're going to read it in in a few moments, but in John chapter 17, Jesus believed that that we should be unified so much that he actually prayed that we would be unified. He prayed that we would come together. And so we must find a way to come together. So for the remainder of our time, I'm going to give you four things, just real quick, four things to help us come together. We must, and, and the first one is, the, we must come together in relationship. We must come together in relationship. We must come together first in relationship with Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it all starts right there. Because he died in order to have a relationship with you. He died in order to save us from our sins so that we could have a relationship with the Father through him. We cannot live life apart from him and find fulfillment. We have to start with a relationship with Jesus first. And second, we, so, so we, we must come together in a relationship with Jesus first and with others second. With each other second. God created us for relationship. He created us for relationship with him and with others. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, Most importantly of all, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal and a place to stay. To come together. Listen, at the Refuge Church, we want to love you. We want to care for you. We want to be there for you. But we cannot do it if we do not have a relationship. We cannot do it if we don't know your name. Now, I'm, I'm pretty decent at remembering names. Some of you every week still say, how does he still remember my name? I haven't, I haven't told him my name in like three weeks. Why? Why do you put it on me to remember your name? <laughs> it's just, I'm just throwing that one out there. But I love to do it because God's given me a gift, and I love to use that gift. And one of those gifts is remembering your name, making you feel special. I hope it makes you feel special. I hope it makes you feel important. I hope it makes you feel like we love you and we care for you because that's what we want. But we can't do it without a relationship with each other. If the vision for your life, your dream, 
if it can only be accomplished by you, I believe that that dream is less than God's best for you. If your dream for your life can only be accomplished by you, I believe it is less than God's best for you because he created you to be in relationship with others. We can go so much further with each other than by ourselves. This is why we've changed some things up here recently at the refuge. Um, if, you've, if you came to our first couple um, months, couple uh, last year of, of church, we, we used to do something called on-ramp. And on-ramp was um, kind of a, 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 a class, for lack of a better word, um, that we used to introduce you into serving at the church. And then you'd have to go through that class if you wanted to serve. And we've recently removed that as, a, lack of a better word again, as an ultimatum. It's, it's, we, don't, we don't like to just say you have to go through this class before you can serve. So we've done something that I like to call taking the cookies and putting them on the bottom shelf because everybody loves cookies, right? Everybody loves cookies still? Still? Yeah, come on. So we've taken the cookies and we put them on the bottom shelf because we believe that serving are the cookies of the church. Serving is where we find fulfillment. Serving is the sweet spot. And so we want to make it as easy as possible for you to serve at the church. And so... If you want to serve, there is a place for you to serve. Today, I'm going to ask my friend Marcel to be at, the, at our new um, Death Central station. It's not new. It's just a new banner. There's a banner. You know it by the word high. That's really big right there. As you walk out and it's on your left, the word, you see the word high. That's our Death Central. My friend Marcel and, and his friend Amy will be there. They want to meet you. And they want you to tell them, hey, you know what, I'd be interested in serving in this area. I'd be interested in serving, um, you know, I, I can play an instrument. I, 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 can, I can change diapers. I've changed diapers before. I can, I can say hello to people. I, I can help unload a trailer. I can do something to serve in this church, and I want to do it, and and so my friend Marcel will be, will be there ready to, to meet you and to help you get plugged in with a coach that will lead an area that will help you serve. But it's more than just serving. It's about being in relationship. So you can become, you can get into a relationship by serving, but then we've started this new thing that we start today. We start today called My Refuge. My refuge is the way that you get into a relationship with our church. And so today at 1145, uh, I'll be up in the area that our kids meet in. And we are going to have the first My Refuge, which is called My Place today. And I'm sorry, My Home. So it's, it's My Home, My Place, and My Foundation. Today we, we talk about My Home. We talk about the church and why it's set up the way that it is. And if you want to become, you want to be a part of the Refuge Church in relationship, then my refuge is for you. We have a few snacks for you and things like that that, that will get you into lunch and uh, get, get you by at least. And um, We want to invite you to, to my refuge. Uh, and that's every week. 
We will have my refuge, my, which, is, which will be my home on the first week of the, of the month. It'll be my place on the second week of the month. And it'll be my foundation on the third week of the month. And so um, that is one way that you can become in, that you can, those are two ways that you can get into relationship with our church. And the third way that you can get involved and into a relationship with our church is through our small groups. We do small groups here at the refuge. And you can find a small group that you, that you could get plugged in with by going to refugemain.church/group. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want this. I, as, 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 I'm, as I'm speaking, I'm going, wow, this sounds like a sales pitch. Anybody else think that? You can raise your hand. It's all good. I'm, I'm okay with that. This, this isn't a sales pitch. This isn't about us. This is about you. It's for you. And we want to make it as easy as possible for you to find the fulfillment that God has for you. That can only be found with his body and his bride, the church. So we want to make it as easy as possible. And I'm just giving you all the options to make it happen. I'm not trying to sell you on the refuge. It's not about the refuge church. It could be about any other church in Wyndham. It could be about any other church in Maine. It could be about any other church. It doesn't matter. Just get plugged into a church. I believe that so much. That if at any time you say, Pastor Adam, this church just isn't for me. That's fine. Let me know. I want to help you find the church that's for you. All right, let's talk. What is it that you're looking for? Oh, I heard that this church down the road, that they have a, a more a richer discipleship program. Whatever it is, we want to help you find it because it's about your fulfillment. Not about life. So number one, we must come together in relationship. Number two, we must come together without distraction. We must come together without distraction. John 10, 10 says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that to give you a rich and satisfying life. These are the words of Jesus. And because we have a thief that wants to steal life from us, he wants to give every distraction in the world to get you distracted away from what God has for you. And so he's going to give you the distractions of sports. He's going to give you the distractions of work. And all of these are great distractions. They're great things. They're good things. But if they come in place of Jesus, they are in the way and a distraction of what will give you life. The distractions of life will win the day when church is about an hour-long service and not about a lifelong commitment. Let me say that again. The distractions of life will win the day when church is about an hour-long service and not about a lifelong commitment. Being plugged into a church is not about Sunday mornings from 10 a.m., to 11.15, and when Chief Longwind shows up, 11.30. That was not funny. That was not funny. 
I don't even know what I was saying anymore. <laughs> it's not about this service. It's about being committed. Being committed together and coming together because we must come together in order to reach the world. One of my favorite quotes. So, oh, by the way, number three is commitment. So we must come together in relationship. We must come together without distraction. We must come together with commitment. You see, when we're committed, the distractions disappear. Wow. I didn't even write that one down. When we are committed, the distractions will disappear. And so we, we miss you when you're not here. Um, <laughs> About a, a week or a week and a half ago, I was, I was in, in the community and I was talking with someone that is a follower of Jesus that does not come to the Refuge Church. He goes, he's a faithful co- uh, member of another, another community. And um, as I was talking to him, he had some friends that come to church here. And um, he, uh, he's a good guy. Like, he's caring for us. And he w- wanted to share with me some input that he had heard. And um, the input that he heard was, uh, he, said, he said, I was talking with someone and they, they said that, that you just make them feel bad when they're not there at church. And I was like, oh, or the Holy Spirit, but I'm just kidding. And, he's, and then he went on and he said, it may not have even been you, it may have been someone that goes to your church that maybe they make them feel bad when they're not there. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not our intent. Our intent is not to make you feel bad when you're not here. Our intent is to make you feel like we miss you because we love you and we care about you. Again, it's not a sales pitch. It's about your fulfillment. I started a church because I believe that it's the answer to the world around us and so I am very passionate about being involved in a church. Again, not the refuge. Just any church. Just get plugged in. One of my favorite quotes is by a man by the name of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a shoe salesman in Chicago that later on became an American evangelist that started a church. And then started a college called Moody Bible Institute. D.L. Moody said this. He said, the world is yet to see. The world is yet to see what God can do with a man that is fully consecrated to him. Now that word, that word consecrated has, has a much deeper meaning than commitment. It means to find something, to declare something as sacred. And listen, it doesn't require con- being consecrated doesn't require calling the church, being consecrated to God to come together. It only requires commitment. That's a downgrade. But we must be committed. Finally, the, the fourth thing that we must do. So first, number one, we must come together in relationship. Then we must come together without distraction. Then we must come together committed. Finally, we must come together together by serving with purpose. 
by serving with purpose. In John 17, I made reference to this earlier. Verse 20 through 21, he said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that the day, I'm sorry, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me. Our souls become fully alive when we are doing what we were made to do in making Jesus known. The only way I believe that to happen is through his body, by being a part of his body that is a physical representation of who Jesus is. When I come under a church, I join his body, and I become a part of Jesus. Tomorrow is the worst day to start serving God. Tomorrow is the worst day to start serving God. So start today. So start today. Our country has this concept known as the American dream. We all desire it. We all want it. Success. Big house, fancy cars. The American dream. You know what that is. But I don't want Americans' dream. I want God's dream. Because I believe that God's dream can only be accomplished with a relationship with him first. God's dream for my life can only be accomplished through a relationship with Jesus. And it can only be fulfilled through the only thing that he's coming back for. His bride. You see, the church is the avenue in which we find fulfillment for the dream that God has for us. You have a dream? We want to help you accomplish that dream. We want to help you decide if it's the dream that God has for you or not. But we can only do it with a relationship. We can only do it without distraction. We can only do it if we're committed. We can only do it if we serve the same purpose in telling the world about Jesus. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus. You don't have that relationship. The lights are dim. No one's looking around. I want to give you an opportunity to come into relationship this morning. First with Jesus. Second with the church. So if you're interested in starting a relationship with Jesus today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, God, 
I know that I've sinned. I know I've done wrong. And because I've done wrong, I need you. I need what Jesus did for me on the cross. So God, the best way I know how, I accept Jesus into my life. Help me to live for him. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed still. If you said that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you just, just let us know by raising your hand? Just let us know by raising your hand. And um, thank you for that. If you raise your hand, uh, just fill out a, a card. The, the cards are um, on that, that connection card that you got on your way in. And if you didn't raise your hand and you said that prayer, fill out that connection card and just write down at the bottom of it to say um, there's, there's a part where you can, you can check committed to follow Jesus today. Just do that. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I got another question. And that question is, are you involved? Are you a part of the bride of Christ. Every little girl dreams about her wedding day. Every little girl dreams about her wedding day. And just like the wedding day, Jesus, the Bible says, will come back for his bride. So the question for you this morning is are you a part of it? Are you a part of it? We want to invite you to be a part of it. And um, the way that you do that is, again, visit my friend Marcel or come on up and join me at my refuge when we're done. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for what you've done today. God, thank you so much for your church. Thank you that it is something that we can be passionate about because it is the answer to all of the world's problems. God, I believe with all of my heart that the church is the hope for the world today. It's not found in a president. It's not found in, in, a, in a country. It's not found in a book. It's found in a Bible. So God, I pray right now that you would please, please God, use this church to be the hope of the world today. It's in Jesus' name, my friend. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand and give God a hand for what he has done today? Come on, somebody. Come on. Stand up. Give God a hand. We're going to sing a song, and when we're done, we'll be dismissed. Thank you.